Hey guys, it's Shawnee, your nerdy girlfriend from simpleonpurpose.ca. Welcome to Simple Saturdays, episode 28. I am in BC and today it is raining, it is cold, it is windy. Just yesterday we were running in the sunshine through the sprinkler and now I just totally forget summer even exists. And I want to talk to you about summer even though it feels so far away. Isn't it funny our brains are that way? We just see rain and that's all we can think about even though it was sunny the other day. So we're going to start by talking about having a great summer on purpose and then we're going to move into family rhythms. What are they? Why they are important? Some that we have and some ideas on how to pick ones that you like for your family. So summer on purpose, I have shared with you before that I made it my goal last year to enjoy my kids. And this was hard for me to admit that I wasn't enjoying motherhood and I worked all year being really intentional and mindful about this. You can read about it, um, I'll link a post in the show notes talking about it. It's also on episode 16 of the podcast. So enjoying my kids has become easier, but when the seasons are changing, I feel like I have to kind of like pre-game myself for this new season of summer where all the kids are home. I want to be mentally prepared. I want to have all the snacks, all the plays lined up. I don't know why I'm using a sports analogy. I am not sporty. I blame Friday Night Lights because sometimes I just think about Coach Taylor and like talking to him. Yeah. Okay. So summer is coming. All the kids will be home and my kids are now eight, almost seven, almost five. And so I feel like they're just that much older and they need bigger play than the water table and the toilet paper roll crafts. They're just probably not going to cut it this summer. They're getting too old. So I want to make a plan. My plan is titled how to summer with kids. So you enjoy this time instead of Googling how to petition for year round school after two weeks of picking up popsicle wrappers and refereeing sprinkler fights in quotations, title caps. So I asked my friends on Instagram and Facebook what they're going to do this summer. And when you guys saw me ask this question, you asked me to compile a list of all the ideas I've been getting. So I did that. It is on my Instagram and my Facebook. I'll link that in the show notes. And this list is pretty big. It's as big as Instagram would let me. And there are a lot of ideas on what to do at home, around town, out in nature. But if you look at this list, you'll probably maybe feel overwhelmed. So I told you I would do this and I want to share how I'm going to be putting this into action without feeling like an understaffed kids camp director. So here are three approaches I'm gonna take with this big idea list. The first one is to get my kids input. I mean, if it was up to me, summer would be me sitting on the deck, eating nachos, reading all the novels I wanna read. But I want them to have a summer that they're excited about too. So we've been having conversations over the past month or so about things that they wanna be doing, what's exciting. And I've been adding it to this kind of big list I have going in my um, bullet journal. And then the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to take out this calendar and I'm going to schedule in all the things we know we're doing. Swim lessons, time at grandma's, the big events, the outings I have planned with my bestie, camping with Connor when he's off work. So then I just have these days that are left over. Lots of these are days when it's just me and the kids and Connor's at work. And here's something I'm going to try this year. I'm going to theme my days. And I heard this on the Sorta Awesome podcast. I'll link their episode in the show notes. And I loved this strategy. They talked about having like a theme for each day of the week. So I don't know for sure, but I'm probably going to have a craft day, a library day, a science experiment day, a hike day, a nothing day. That one's kind of just for me. Um, A food day where they can think of something they want to make and we'll go buy the stuff for it. So if I look at my calendar, now I know I probably have like five to eight science experiments that I'll let the kids pick out and I'll get them stuff for it. 
And here's the thing, it sounds complicated. It sounds like I'm Martha Stewarting my life, but really, I am taking shortcuts, I'm being lazy by making a plan that I like, that is simple for me, and just relying on the plan to summer for us. It is about putting this on a calendar, making a plan, and you get to choose how simple you want it to be. You get to choose if it is off the charts adventure, or like that science experiment where you put milk in food coloring and you dip a Q-tip in dish soap and then you put that in the pan of milk and food coloring. Like that is easy and it keeps them busy for a while. Eventually your kitchen might turn into kind of this weird laboratory and your kids will talk about making potions, but that's fine. Just, just like roll with it and go read a book. So I don't know if your kids are like mine, but my kids are always asking me what we're going to do tomorrow, the next day. They just want to know that there's something to be excited about. I don't blame them. So I just love to have a rough plan in place. It's flexible. It's rough. But I often have like the supplies that I need to get these things done because we put it on the calendar. And it just makes life easier easier. It sounds complicated, but a plan is just like a simple structure in place that if you feel like you have no idea what to do, it's just already there. You know what? I actually wrote (laughs) a blog post on this all about planning your day, planning your week, and I will link to that in the show notes because I just really believe in making a plan. Which brings me to the plans that kind of happen without you thinking about it is what I really wanted to dig into today, and that is family rhythms. Which, while I was writing the blog post on this, I realized I've been spelling rhythms wrong my whole life. There's only one Y in rhythms. It's a really weird word. Okay, so rhythms. As I was listening to the podcast about having a daily theme, I kind of realized that we kind of already do this as a family, and you do too. I ran through a mental list of the routines that we have as a family in the daily and weekly life. And then I sat and drank my coffee overlooking the trees, and I overthought this. and really just like dug into rhythms and routines and you know what I realized it's a gift a rhythm is a gift that you give to yourself and your family and to me when I say rhythms what I mean are like the routines the rituals that we kind of enjoy together or the traditions that happen once in a while so there are things we do together out of habit whether it's to accomplish a chore or just have fun or just to unwind Here are some examples of rhythms that we have in our family that we find helpful or enjoyable or just plain necessary the morning routine We often wake up early enough to get everybody out the door without a lot of effort for the older kids at least. The four-year-old still needs a lot of prompting to move from one place to another with clothes on. Another one we have is tea time. And when all the kids were home, we would often have tea time together in the afternoon. It was tea and some kind of snack. And it's kind of moved to an after-school snack situation now. But a couple times a month, we'll bring out tea time for a novelty, conveniently timed with the occurrence of any baked goods that happen to be in the house. Dinner is another rhythm that we have. We all eat dinner together each night and like eating dinner with your kids, it can be hard. I mean, they still act like wild bear cubs in a meadow, but we get through it. Almost every night though, we ask questions and we will commonly ask what's something awesome today? What was something difficult? Or we use a really cool question book that my sister-in-law gave me, or we just ask the kids to tell us a story about their day and then we ask them questions about it. The nightly routine, we all have one. And I personally hate the nighttime routine because by then I just want to be alone with a glass of red watching Netflix in the tub. But no, the kids want cuddles. They want to interrogate me on this week's agenda. They want to ask me how old God is. And I know that if I fight it, if I fight putting that time in, then it's not going to flow. It's not going to go easy. So the time I spend with the kids at night, we get the kitchen cleaned and we make lunches. And that time is a payoff for us because now we've moved to the next stage a lot faster than if I would have been fighting it the whole time. 
Then I think about the weekly routines and I know there is a flow to our week that we adopt and it happens when you have school-aged kids and there's activities, but I like to view it that it's not just relying on extracurricular activities and chores, that there's still some fun and there's still some food. So like Monday is an easy dinner and scouts night. Tuesday is Connor's last day of work on or off, so we just take it easy. Wednesday is Wii Day, and I mean the Nintendo Wii, yes, the one that's like a decade old. <laughs> we brought it up from the basement, got a new cord for it, and we play it on Wednesdays. Usually it's just the boys playing it in some kind of unbalanced battle, and Linnea's just crafting at the table. Thursdays is nothing, and I really like having nothing planned. It's kind of <laughs> my favorite. And then Friday is treat and movie, and every other Friday night, Connor's working, and I feel like he is just so much fun with the kids. So I want to make sure I guarantee them some fun when it's Connor's week on and I'm with them, and I started the Friday night treat. So I pick them up from school and take them to the store, and they each have $6 to buy whatever kind of treat they want, and then we come home and watch a movie. And it's just kind of like, I buy a treat, they buy a treat, we all just get a treat. <laughs> It's really fun. Saturdays are Saturday morning chores and we keep the TV off and, and try to just get out of the house, go to the park, whatever, meet up some friends. And then Sunday we go to church and then we just come home and I'm like, it's downtime. I will encourage them to have any downtime they can embrace. So often a neighborhood kid stops by and they're just playing outside or in the basement and we have a movie on, we're reading books, I'm reading a book. It's just like a chill time and then we usually do baths and iPad time before dinner and I try to keep dinner almost always the same. It's leftovers or it's a hash with berry crisp. And then kind of we have a monthly rhythm it's like every month or month and a half we have these family meetings which have really blown me away as to how much my kids have been involved with them and shaped by them and i'll link that post in the show notes too so these are our rhythms these are kind of like what we have established as a family they change from season to season but what is special about a rhythm is that they kind of flow so you might need to do work to put them into place especially Saturday morning chores versus like tea time. But each family can determine what's going to work naturally with who they are and what they want to be doing. And the reason why I think rhythms are a gift is because they offer consistency to a home. And if you're like me and you grew up with inconsistency in your home of any kind, you know that you really see rhythms in other people's families and you have a special longing for it or an unexpected comfort you feel when you're part of it. And children really look to consistency to know what to expect to find comfort and to find security. These things, these rhythms, they also make us part of a team, like they're ours, they belong to us, and they are a huge chunk of our family culture. And family culture is really important. And it's something I've written about before. I'll share that blog post in the show notes. Man, these show notes are gonna be full of links, guys. So routines, rituals, traditions, rhythms, these things matter. They matter because the things you do most often matter the most. They show our kids what's important to us. And if we have routines that give us some kind of outcome of productivity or peace or adventure or creativity, these are the clearest indications to our kids that these are the values and the vision that we are raising our family by. There's a really beautiful quote by Lisa M. Ross, meaning hides in repetition. We do this every day or every week because it matters. We are connected by this thing we do together. We matter to one another. In the tapestry of childhood, what stands out is not the splashy blowout trip to Disneyland, but the common threads that run throughout and repeat. The family dinners, nature walks, reading together at bedtime, a hot water bottle at our feet on winter evenings, Saturday morning pancakes. 
One thing I love most about routines is that everybody knows what's expected of them. Once they are put into place, they can really happen without a lot of prompting, personal willpower or planning. So yes, that's required at the beginning, but then I really rely on the routine to guide us through what we need to do next. So I can say it's tea time and they're going to know what I mean. Or I can say we're doing Saturday morning chores and they'll move through the motions sometimes with like the passion of a sloth that just ate seven bowls of pasta but they're still moving slowly in the right direction. And if you are a mom, you might personally love routines. I just think I can naturally be so lazy and get so distracted with um, things that don't need to be done that routines are how I get my life lived and people clothed and people fed more than just toast. So maybe you find this interesting, but you're not really sure how to apply this to your family. And here's the thing I want you to be aware of first is you already have rhythms you follow in your, in your family from how you all get out the door in the morning to how you handle your free time on the weekends. And what I want to encourage you is make sure you like your rhythms, or should I say you like the outcome of your rhythms? Because I sure do love the rhythm of drinking whiskey, eating ketchup chips, and binging Outlander, but the outcome isn't worth making it a regular occurrence. So now, how to get some rhythms that work for the type of parenting you want to do. And what I would recommend is to start by thinking about the outcome you want and work backwards from there. If you have the Life on Purpose workbook, go to the section about setting a vision for your family. If you don't, there is a free vision setting worksheet that is available on the website adapted from the Life on Purpose workbook. Get that one and set out some vision you have for your family. And once you have that vision for your family, you can identify the values that you are bringing into this part of your life and you can brainstorm all the possibilities that you could have for establishing some family rhythms. And I have a worksheet on this blog post on the website for family rhythms. There's a series of questions you can go through. You can just look at the questions in the blog post or you can download the worksheet. But what I encourage you to do in the end is have a lot of conversations with your kids about what you're doing and why. Ask them for their input, make them part of it. And eventually you're going to see your kids making their own rhythms based on their personal vision and values. Like I have a kid who wants me to come and say goodbye to him at the same place in the same time every morning when he takes the bus to school and we kind of repeat the same like affirmations and encouragement when he goes out the door or Linnea just crafted this box to put questions in so that every Wednesday night we can pull a question out and ask <laughs> like think of the answer as a family it's adorable this is just what she who she is and what she wanted to do so those are family rhythms. I really encourage you to assess your rhythms and think about the ones that you like and the ones you want to do more of and less of. And finally, I want to give you a sneak peek about something that I'm putting together. It is a course. You guys asked for it and I am doing it. I've been going through the reader feedback surveys and I realized that so many of you really want to make your house feel like a home, but it feels overwhelming because you want to simplify your home first. So I'm working on a course to take you through this process to reclaim your home. And I thought it would be really beneficial to add in some real coaching calls from people who are struggling to simplify their space. As you know, I'm a life coach and some of the issues that I work on with women include simplifying their space. So I want to ask for volunteers of people who are willing to do a free 35 to 45 minute coaching call on these topics that will be recorded and shared in the course. And I'm looking for a couple people who haven't started decluttering yet, but are ready to get serious about it. A couple people who are in the process of decluttering, but having doubts, hurdles, kind of feeling a little bit stuck. And then someone who has done decluttering and just ready to move to the next steps of simplifying their life. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for joining in for another Simple Saturday. If you want to get more involved in the conversations that we're having around the week, then stop by Instagram. My handle is simpleonpurpose.ca and I would love to see you there. Tag me on your posts or your stories if you're listening, if you found anything valuable and let's continue the conversation over there.